Take the money and run. Live coming here with a brand new Stir the Pod podcast show. I'm your host, Trevor. And tonight we are joined by Andy. Andy, how you doing tonight? What up, what up? And we're also joined by Alex. Alex, how you doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. And we are here with episode four recap show. We are moving quite swiftly through the what ride or die season. Uh, what are we at? Uh, my math is correct. Are we at like 20% done with the season? We're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're moving. But tonight, oh overall, a solid episode. I, I enjoyed tonight's episode. Very fun. Very uh entertaining um i mean i think what we have to say is congratulations i think we should all just give a one clap right now to nelly t breaking the streak so on three one two three all right the delay was a little bit bad but nelly t our man stir the prop you guys already knew we'll get into it but uh the over under was 0.5 this year so congratulations to him but initial thoughts andy uh we'll start with you thoughts on tonight's episode i like this one because this was a solo episode that had like a whole plan and like plot as after like the first 15 minutes like after the daily it was this is kind of the plan this is the scheme and it just perfectly flowed like from start to finish and i like that because that shows that these people can actually think a little bit and it was just kind of a nice happy ending i think for everyone so i was all for it yeah alex thoughts yeah, I liked it a lot, and it, I think it goes to say something when after last week's episode, I think we all would have pegged uh, Tommy and Annalise as maybe like plus 150 favorites to go home the next week, which is a, a heavy favorite with this many teams still. And so it, and obviously that happened tonight, and so it was like predictable in a way, but everything in between then and now was, I feel like, a really good episode. Like there was things that happened that we can talk about we're going to remember Nelson winning this. We're going to remember everything that happened afterwards, even though the final output of it was something that we all kind of saw coming. It was very entertaining the way that it got us there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just dive right in to the recap. Uh, but before we go there, Andy, I know for tonight we kind of forgot, and you're kind of the uh, the gambling uh, guru in this uh, group chat. Stir the prop bet. Stir the bet, stir the prop. Uh, what is the STP bet of the night? Uh, I don't think we've the, done anything. You're right. In the bet of the night, because obviously we don't quit. We might forget sometimes, but we'll never quit. So the live bet of the night is going to be Philly's money line. Philly's right now, line. Okay. Right now it's top five, zero, zero. Astros have two on, no outs. So, you know, might be decent little juice right now, but – Ride the home dogs and Kyle Schwarber to winning another STP better than night. Didn't Schwarber go to like Michigan State? Isn't he a Big Ten guy? Watch it. God. So you heard it live from Andy. Hammer that right now. Alex, did you tweet that out right now? So we know that's official. All right, good. We're locked and loaded. There we go. So <clears throat> let's just dive right in. Episode recap. First things first. We finally see our two mystery characters um, coming into the house. No surprise. We kind of knew who it was. I don't know why they didn't do it at the end of last episode. But Darrell and Veronica, thoughts on those two coming back? Obviously, Darrell, I think that's just a double thumbs up. Veronica, it's like uh, – fair. That's Andy, that is a great point for you listening uh, on the podcast. One thumb up, one thumb down. Um, it's just – you know, Veronica in her prime was a lot different than she is now. Um, I don't know. She's all right. She She's all right. Andy, thoughts? I mean, I would say Veronica's all right. Like, she, she's just all right. Um, I think in a scenario like this, the Darrell factor <laughs> definitely covers up what I think Veronica lacks. 
Like Darrell is an all-timer. He's one of the best to do it. Some could argue the best, depending on how you look at it, not me. But he's he's great. He's also like a good personality to have, but he's not – he's never too much. Like Darrell is never – aside from whose face did he smash in? Wasn't it Brad? Yes. Aside from that time, Darrell's never really been too much. But he's an enjoyable guy to have around the house. So I think a great addition for the house, for the challenge, for us as viewers – I'm all for it. But again, surprised because how old they are, especially, I mean, Veronica, we'll see. Honestly, both of them will see. I don't want to just throw her under the bus. We'll see. Alex, before your opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, challenge historian, but Darrell hasn't won a season of the challenge since he threw that punch at Brad, correct? Yeah, it's the curse. It's the curse of the punch. But go ahead on your opinion of uh, Darrell and Veronica. I mean, I'm excited to see them back mainly because of Darrell, but it, it does suck that uh, obviously we all knew they were coming back. Um, so, I mean, I'm rooting for them. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in them. I have noticed a, uh, I have noticed a group of fans who are rooting for this team in specific because the theory is that this could be the last shot for a road rules challenger to ever win a challenge. Wow. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, if you think about it, they're completely steering away from casting anybody from old shows. Even real world, I feel like it's going to be phased out soon enough. But road rules like Darrell and Veronica might be the last ones to hold the flag and, and to get one last ring for that group. Yeah, that that's insane to think about, honestly. But, uh, you know, it's about damn time also. So it uh, almost like. You know, now, like we've talked about so many times, they're just kind of getting rid of, like, the the old crop and kind of starting to bring in the new. It's almost like they need, like, a different show that they can throw in, something fresh, something new. I don't know. I, I don't really have any ideas or anything, but, uh, you know. You, that, you know what could be happen. wild on that front is I feel like one show that they've kind of pulled back from pulling on recently is Are You the One? So my question for you, Andy, do they even still make Are You the One? I don't know. That could that could solidify this. But yes. what I'm what I'm like I teed that up to say like could you imagine if someone from Road Rules won a challenge more recently than someone from Are You the One? Like if Darrell and Veronica can pull this off and get that to think that someone, especially if Are You the One's never going to happen again in real world or Road Rules will never happen again, like that Are You the One came out like what? 15 years after road rules and a road rules contestant can hold the, hold the crown. That would be incredible. Insane. Uh, so going in, uh, Darrell and Veronica come back. Uh, next thing we kind of have teed up is, uh, the streak and Alex, uh, I know this is your baby. Uh, we're back. We're back. Yes. Talk her up, number one. We're back. Yeah, we lost we lost it last week, but we got it this week. Horatio and Olivia were first in the house. We're gonna be keeping an eye on it next week, but the elimination winner coming back in the house. It's just a good way to start the show. We're back. Love baby. that. Love that. And then we kind of get into the part of the episode where we start seeing some hookups uh among the house. I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we had Colleen and Fezzi um doing some loving. We saw Nelly and Olivia. Uh, you're right, Andy. Did something just? Well, I just realized Astros got bases loaded. First pitch from the reliever hit some run scored. Phillies are also currently getting no hit. All right. Well, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Believe. Back to what we were saying. Um, we had a few hookups. Like I said, we had Colleen and Fezzi, uh, Nelly and Olivia, and then the surprising one, it looked like, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex or Andy, um, Jordan and Tori back in bed with each other. Surprise, surprise. Are we? I mean, they, they definitely showed them, you know, crawling in bed late at night. They had like the classic black and white cameras going. Night this vision. was this was of the three hookups, but I feel like the producers love kind of like jamming them in all at once, where it's like not just this one couple hooking up. It's like, oh, the house is, you know, really feeling itself tonight. But I feel like of the three that they showed, this one, I think they did the least. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did not hook up that night. But it is still the most interesting, even if they didn't, because obviously they fucking 
you know, got engaged on the show, canceled their engagement, all that stuff. They're back on the same season. Tori was crying a week ago, blah, blah, blah. So, like, Colleen and Fezzi, that's just another hookup. Nelly, Olivia, that's just another hookup. But to see Tori and Jordan, even if they're just sleeping together, maybe that just maybe that's just a little lighter. You know, you're flicking your lighter, trying to get a flame, and you get it going tonight. Maybe we'll see something going next week. Yeah. I think I'm not that surprised. Andy, are you surprised at all or no? I mean, I feel like there's just so much history. No, I, I think Tori phrased it pretty well of just having that comfort in the house. Like when you're in the challenge house, it's just so much chaos around you. Like to have someone who like you were going to spend the rest of your life with, you still obviously care about a lot. Like to just have that there, I'm not surprised by it. But what we talked about either last week or the week before, but like if we slowly start going from comfort phase to the, you know, a little kiss here and then a little something else. And then they start looking like they're going to get back together and then just <laughs> baby steps. Yeah. So, uh, so we have the classic hookups, no surprise there. And then we kind of go right into the challenge itself. And um, Alex, I don't know if you want to take a stab at uh, the challenge, but you know, this is just one of those famous, you know, above, you know, the ground heights uh, challenges. You got to get the flags and stuff. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't above water. Uh, that's typically uh, a big thing, but thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought this one was okay. It, we've seen it a million fucking times at this point you have, it reminded me of a challenge from rivals, but I can't even remember it. So in a weird way, I think it just reminds me of like a dozen challenges. It just, it's, you know, one person hanging on a thing, the other person jumps, they try to take basically their momentum to swing them backwards grab a flag the twist to it was that when tj blows the horn and starts it they some cord pull so they're actually like holding themselves up upper body strength and then it's you know if there is a if everybody gets their flag it's a tie between who hangs on at the beginning the longest so there was some like gamesmanship of like all right when do we jump when do we try this because we want to have the longest time but I'm never a fan of any challenge where two out of 11, 12 teams make it. I, I want to see a higher success rate than that. But at the same time, this watching this 20 minutes on my screen tonight was just like, it's not bad. It's not good. I've just seen it a million times. I know. It's just like, I think you brought this up like two, three episodes ago. What, what was the challenge where only two teams got it? It was the bananas one where he won, right? And you literally brought this up is why are we making so damn difficult and only two teams get it? There's no point to it. And that one, uh, I think, wasn't wasn't that one an apparatus above water? People jumping around, swinging, doing stuff. Surely not. Couldn't be them. The one thing I like about this one, because like to your point, Trev, like this was just getting it done. Obviously, like the tiebreaker was who had the better time, but this was just like who can get this thing done. What I don't like about this one is it was very, very helpful to go last. And like the first team, you don't know what that swing is going to be like. You're probably thinking the most important thing is to hold on as long and the flag will be easy. But if you're, even if you're going in the second heat, you realize like, hey, the most important thing here is just get the flag. So I didn't like that as much because that's a huge advantage in my book that you kind of just get screwed by potentially. Yeah, absolutely. So first heat goes, you had uh, Jordan and Nisa, the only teams to get it in the first heat. And then in the second uh, heat, we only get, is it two teams or just one? Was it just Norris and Nelly? Well, the, there was like, there's like a five heats, I think, because they broke it down by like a well, yeah, I, yeah, I meant the other heat that somebody got some. Wasn't there only two? There was only two teams out of all of them that got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had those two teams get the flags. Um, and when when you, when you see this happening, you're just like, you're just like, there, there's no way. there There's no way, right? Nelly, there's no chance Nelly won, right? Like, we all know this, right? So then, you know, T just, you know, talking. I'm surprised he didn't say, you know, this is the closest challenge of all time, blah, 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 blah. It was by a millisecond. Uh, the differential, but Nelly, 
Chalk her up. Chalk her up. Gets it done. Thoughts on Nelly getting it done. The streak so, is over. Streak is over. This was what I nominated as one of the stir of the props. So the 0.5 officially cashed the over. We talked about this being like a an event we all wanted to see so badly. We talked about like how the hell is there going to be a challenge where he could win it? This was kind of that challenge. You know, it relied a little bit on athleticism, but a whole lot of like who the hell knows who's going to get this done. So stir the props to him and uh, Norris. Happy to see him uh, get it done and happy to see him finally uh, get that chip off the shoulder. Alex? I mean, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's been so long since we've seen him win. Um, if you guys don't have any other thoughts, this this did get me thinking about some of basically like losing streaks, right? Because Nelly lost – what was the final count? 54 challenges in a row, Yeah. right? Was it 54 dailies in a row? And so I started to look up stuff, and I first found – I was looking at the longest losing streaks in different sports and everything of all time. little mini segment here. First one, NFL – Longest NFL losing streaks. Can can you can you before you say can we me and Andy guess these teams? If you give us the years, can we guess the teams? Yes. So okay. okay. So yeah. So NFL. I there's two longer than this. I excluded them because they were before 1980. Just <sighs> get them out of the way. But the longest losing streak outside of that was from a team that overlapped from 2020 to 2021. They Jax. lost. They lost twenty games in a row. Jax. It's the Jags. Yes. Nice, Andy. Very but, nice. Wait, wait, wait. Who did they finally beat? No, no, no. no I, I look. It was not the Colts. The Colts. But the Colts was at the beginning. They beat the Colts and then lost twenty games, and then won a game. And my question to you guys in the twenty twenty one season, they beat to end their twenty game losing streak. They beat the Dolphins. Who were the two quarterbacks? Was that game in London? Yes. God. Fitzpatrick? Oh. I kind of like the Fitz guess. Who was, was it? he there? Was it 2020? 2021. Oh, it was 2021. Yeah, it was him and Tua last year, right? I don't think it was Tua. No, I don't think it was Tua either, but I thought Tua, him and Tua were battling for QB, and he was better. But I thought he was on the Saints last year. God. I like Fitzy and... Jags last year would have been Lawrence. The whole season? Yes. Jag, Jags last year was Lawrence. And we're wrong on... We're wrong about Fitz. And the Dolphins was Tua. Oh. I it was it's almost too easy. Like it's too simple. It was last year it was Tua and Trevor Lawrence, the two head coaches in the game. No idea. Um you know the Jags. Jack Del Rio. <laughs> Coldwell? The Jags coach last year. I have no idea. It was the same dude who signed Team Tim Tebow to practice squad. Oh, it was Urban. Yeah. Oh, he was there. Oh, I, I'm thinking he was gone by then. No, it was it was Urban and Brian Flores. Oh. Mikey the Doctor. Legend. So that, that that was the longest NFL losing streak. And then I was looking at NBA losing streaks. The longest NBA losing streak of all time was a few years ago, 28 games in a row. It went from 2014 to 2016, two overlapping seasons. Anybody want to guess what team that was? Brooklyn? Wasn't the Nets? I know they were like one of those years when Kyrie was out. They – You said 2014, 2015? Two different seasons overlapping. 
It ended when they won their 19th game of the 2015-16 season. So they started was it the, the other year. was it the other team in New York? They started the year 0 and 18. Rockets. No. Kings. 0 and 18 to start the year. Let me, all right, here, here, I'll give you the hint. They when they broke their losing streak, their leading scorer in that game was Robert Covington. Not the Celtics. Who? Orlando. It was the Philadelphia 76ers. God. Wow. I would have never guessed that. Process. They were 0-18, and they beat the Lakers, who the Lakers' starting lineup was Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, Kobe Bryant, RIP, Julius Randle, and Roy Hibbert. What a fucking starting lineup that was. Wow. Do you have baseball? One, one last one. It's challenge-related. Oh, God. Who holds the record for most eliminations without a win? Josh has got to be up there. That's a good guess. He's up there. No, no, no. He, he has a win. He has a win. He has a win? Yeah. Remember, he beat the medicine ball against Michi, I think it was. He has a win. It was very, uh, it was a very ugly showing. But we didn't count that, though, I thought. Hmm. He hasn't been on in a while. He was divorced. Not Brad. He, real world Austin. Wes? He was married I don't know to, who was on. He was married to Melinda. Danny? Yes. Really? Danny is 0-6 all-time in eliminations. 0-6? Oh, Who's paying for this shit? Wow. All right, that, that's all I got for that. I know we went kind of off the rails there, but I was just thinking about the best losing streaks we have. So let me go this route with you. Will we ever have somebody break that streak? Nellie's? Yeah, 54 daily losses in a row. I don't, I don't think we can. I mean, think about this. What, what's bonkers about this whole record is that's at least five-plus seasons. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's insane to think about. It has to be, like, the perfect mix of somebody who is a fan favorite enough and good enough to keep getting casted but also not good enough to win the challenges, which, like – that is Nelson. Like, there is nobody else really that can, like, accomplish that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like you said, it just has – the game has to line up perfectly. Like, if you have a if you have a team game, you're due for a win at least once. Like, a giant team. Like, if it's, yeah. like, free agents, you know, sometimes it's, like, the winning team was, like, eight people and the losing team was, like, eight people or whatever. Like, you can't have that, which is bananas. Johnny. So – so we're all saying that record will never be touched. Yes. He's he you know who he is? And speaking of records that will never be touched. DiMaggio. The Jameis Winston 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions compared to this record and those two in general. I think I think Nelly T's the Jameis Winston of the challenge. Standing and I'm all on. for both of them. Standing on the corner, Nelly T down in Nola. <laughs> Such a fine sight to see. All righty. So let, let's get back on the rails. So like we said, Nelly T uh, picks up the dub. Uh, and we go back to the house. And then we start hearing this plan. And, you know, I feel like when I'm hearing Nelly talk with this power, I feel like I'm giving, like, a baby a gun. Like, it is just a loose cannon. <laughs> like, like, if ARB had a gun shooting at me like hell i'd be scared shitless but like nelly is just off the rails like he, he just is like like i said a baby with a gun thoughts with him drunk with power is that the correct word yes words yes um drunk. <laughs> i think and i mean you could hear it. he was talking about him being a president and being a king and it's just like you know you know what it is and it makes sense 
is it's like when uh, Fake Johnny won in episode one. It, like, it's the rookie sense of, like, I've never done this before. And Nelly's been doing this shit for how long? And he wins his first one, and it's like, I mean, I'm just the, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man. This is my house. It was literally like a, the same exact thing you see when a rookie wins. Alex, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, basically the next, I feel like, 30 minutes of the episode were all kind of devoted to this plan. And I feel like it was because they had to hammer home that Nelly doesn't know what he's doing. He had to get recommended the plan by Olivia. And, you know, he had to like say it to himself and his partner and everybody else multiple times. I think even so that he himself could like understand it and understand what was going on. Um, so he basically said, you know, of the four teams that we have to pick, I think they, they almost brushed over the fact that they were just like very quickly, very directly deciding on Tommy and Annalise. Like they said, this is the team that we're picking we're not going to overthink it. The whole house is kind of sus- suspicious of them. That's going to be our team. So now we just have to, you know, fill the rest of that room with three teams. And Olivia, we can kind of get into this, I guess. Olivia had the idea of, you know, let's not let people think that we're working together. So vote me into deliberation and then pick two teams that'll save me. And, you know, they'll we'll, they'll agree to save me all that. I just never understood how – I never understood why they needed to make that move. Like, I don't know why you needed to throw the whole house off of the fact that you're working together. Like, who – do you think, like, Bananas and Jordan are thinking, like, oh, is Nelson working with Olivia? I need to, you know, keep my eye out for that. I didn't really understand that. And Well, I, I think it kind of hit the nail on two heads because, one, it showed that – even though Nelly might not be like working with the rookies, he he's fine with throwing in someone he's hooking up with to like help himself out in the game. So I thought like from Nelly and Narisa's perspective, it was like, Hey, even though we might not be working with these people, we are in this for ourselves to win it. And I think that helps a lot of the vets be like, all right, they're, they're in this. They're not just playing a game where you keep your friends for a couple episodes and you're gone before halfway through. So I think it helps him out. I also think it helps out Olivia and Horacio because earlier in the episode, when Horacio and Laurel were talking, she was just like, hey, you kind of just got to take these on the chin and roll with it and like just like keep proving yourself. And this showed that like they're fine to do that. Granted, there was a little scheme and plan going on behind the curtains. Like, it showed like, all right, even though I'm hooking up with this guy, I'm still here to prove myself and earn my stripes. And I think like it helps give them the validation of like, all right, these aren't just your classic rookies. I thought this was such a big brain move from Olivia. I thought, God, I just thought, you know, like Annie kind of said, like for a rookie to do this move to Nelly, like, that takes a lot of balls, I think. And they're kind of a surprising team, um, Horacio and Olivia. So good for them. Uh, and one last thing on this, and I mean, I know the chat's been blowing up about this too, but this was the exact plan that I talked about last episode. Like, I I, I don't know if Olivia's an AWL or not, but good for her because this was just like such a perfect way to exploit the rules that are given to you. So – Good for her to tune in. I don't know how she did that, like listen to last week's episode and then went and filmed this one and then implemented it. I don't know how that's possible, but it's impressive. Um, but yeah, good for them. Jesus. So after that, uh, you know, we hear the plan, we see the teams, and we go to the club. Uh, <clears throat> so the club, chalk it up, another prop, uh, sir, the prop that um so what's that four for four right i think so no i I think it's now a five dollar biggie bag so four for four uh prop was 13 and a half i believe is what we set the line at so great pace right now looking solid uh and then we go 
and I guess at the club, really nothing happened. It was kind of just filler time, I would say. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was kind of there, it. There, there wasn't any drama. There wasn't any people crying, dancing. You know, how could you do that? Like, there wasn't any of that. It was just, you know, Nelly trying to gather up any information he could. It was really, I would say, the most uneventful club of the season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically what happens uh, from there is we go to elimination and elimination, like we said, Tommy and analysis get voted in. Um, no surprise there. And then we kind of get Horacio and Olivia who pulled the safe card. Um, and they basically choose to save Darrell and Veronica. Um, surprise. Not really. Um, Alex. Yeah, I guess, you know, they didn't show us a lot and they try to show us some of it after the fact, but you know, basically Darrell and Veronica go first, they're safe. And then Horatio and Olivia, since they're in the middle, are drawing the dagger. And they're almost now in a situation where they don't want to draw the safe because they want to draw, they want to let uh, Kim and Colleen do it and save them. Like Horatio and Olivia were going to be saved on either side. They didn't want to have to save somebody themselves. Um, but you know, that they had themselves guarded from all positions. They guard, they get it. They're safe. So now they actually have to do something. And yeah, in my mind right away when they drew it, I thought they were going to save Kim and Colleen just because of the whole rookie rookie connection. And then they show like a very brief cutaway to like them saying, uh, to Darrell and Veronica that, you know, we should work together and all that, which I feel like they might've had that cutaway films for both teams i don't know i mean i feel like if you're Darrell and veronica and the team in power says like you need to save this team you're probably going to ask for the favor back which i feel like Darrell and veronica did and probably kim and colleen so i don't know if that was editing or what but nonetheless they have to save somebody they saved Darrell and veronica which you know i i feel like they were especially in a shitty situation just because they knew whatever team they did not save was going to come back to the house because they were facing uh, Tommy and, and analysis. Like you're not fucking losing to them. So they kind of got screwed that way, but they saved themselves. And so, yeah, I guess I was surprised, but they were kind of screwed either way. Absolutely. Andy, any thoughts on that or can we just move on to the elimination? No, I mean, I think that was, pretty much hit nail on the head. The one little piece of that cutaway with Veronica and them was Veronica saying they want us to save each other, which again, just goes back to the whole master plot of you get the teams together, you tell them the plan and you say, you guys need to be good with this. So just an, another small little thing, but it just shows that like Nelly and Norris and Olivia had this plan top to bottom, fully thought out. That's it. Absolutely. So elimination itself, pretty straightforward. One person in, um, is kind of stuck in the mud, uh, and then the other person has to pull them up to kind of basically solve a puzzle. So it's basically, you know, 1v1, who can hold their partner up the longest, and then they have to uh, make the puzzle. Uh, thoughts on this elimination? I thought it was all right, something different. Um but, I mean, once again, I mean, I don't know why they're just obsessed with puzzles so much um, is the greatest question that I always ask the challenge. Um, so, thoughts? I, I liked it. I feel like it kind of sucked, though, from the two teams that were doing it from both ends. Like, Tommy and Annalise, they couldn't get the puzzle up. They couldn't even get it started. So, it sucks that you couldn't see two teams going at it against each other. But even for Kim and Colleen, like, Kim didn't break a sweat. Like, he was holding up the whole time. So, like, even if Tommy, let's say, was strong enough to hold it up the whole time too, then it's just a puzzle game. Where I feel like what would have made this more interesting is if, you know, each of the guys are able to pick it up, but they're constantly, like, going down and, like, taking a breath, you know, gaining their strength back, picking it back up. And the girls have to, like, quickly solve this piece of the puzzle, this piece of the puzzle – where you just got none of that. Because it was like one team was doing as poorly as you could. Another team was doing as great as you could. You didn't really get that in between. Like, I have to rest. You know, we're an even matchup. So, I like the concept. I just think the teams were a bad fit for these. Yeah. Andy, anything? 
Yeah, here's the problem with the challenge like this is like the way they tried to set it all up, they tried to make it very team focused where the guy has to give the girl support so that she can do it. And they were trying to show that like this is a team versus team challenge. But in reality, this type of challenge has a very big opportunity to turn into a one-on-one challenge. And it's not even of the girls, it's of the guys. And that's exactly what we saw here in a scenario where like Tommy, I don't know if he can like lift like the covers over his body when he gets into bed, let alone his partner up. So like it just turned into, yeah, we want to make this very team and you have to work with your partner. At the end of the day, this was Tommy versus Kim. Like it was just a huge flaw in a potential outcome for this type of elimination. And it was exploited heavily here. Oh, it was absolutely. it was Tommy versus, it turned into, it was Tommy and analysis versus Kim and Colleen. And then it turned into Tommy versus Kim. And then it turned into Tommy versus gravity versus rope, 40 pounds of weight of just being able to pick something up. It reminded me kind of of a, when I saw Tommy just not being able to, you know, pick up the rope, doing everything he could, it kind of reminded me of uh, the elimination in the duel. I think it was called I Can, where it was like you pick up the thing of, of watermelons and you say how many it is. Because that was a thing where, you know, if you say you're going to pick up 80 watermelons and then you do it, it's like a thing where you you either get it on your first try or you're not going to get it. You're going to tire yourself out. You're going to get in your own head and there's just no coming back from it. And you see Tommy, you know, TJ blows the horn. You see Tommy pull and you just know that it's not going to happen. And it, there's no coming back from it. And, you know, it was the same concept there. And I felt bad for Tommy, um, you know, just because it's so – kind of embarrassing to be put in that position. You cannot, there's nothing else you can do. You can't try anything else. You're, 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 you know, messing around with your feet. They're slipping. You're, but at the end of the day, you're just not strong enough. You can't do it. And everybody is standing right there watching you, which I feel like makes it that much more embarrassing. But I mean, he had, he had it coming to him. He did it. He dug his grave last episode and just an embarrassing way to go out. So, obviously, like we said, um, Kim and Colleen pick up the dub. Uh, Horacio, or excuse me, Tommy and Analysis go home. Uh, I see it in the chat. Mikey the Doctor, thanks for bringing this up. Where would this rank on most embarrassing elimination performances of all time? I'm thinking, you know, it's up there with the soccer ball kick one on fire. I'm thinking Josh with the medicine ball trying to knock out the stuff. Arguably, it could be Jordan versus Josh as well. And the yeah. well, it's got to be up there with Anissa, the pig roast, too. Very yep. true. Um, I would also say maybe the Nani chair. I, I like the pig roast comparison because this is one of those, and Alex talked about this, where you're stuck. It was never going to get done. They could have had a day to get this done, and it's just not happening. That's got to be one of the worst feelings, though, like, is, like, you, you pull on that rope and you're literally a second in, you either know you got it or you don't. And it's just, like, you're just, like, fuck. Like, I just don't know what to do. So, uh, and, and, and honestly, shout out to TJ for at least, like, con- like praising Tommy for not quitting because, you know, Tommy, super embarrassing, worst performance we've ever seen, all that stuff. But – like it wouldn't have been unreasonable for him to just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm not trying this. I'm not winning. I'm just going to throw the rope down. Let's go home. And he didn't do that. And maybe he kind of knows what like TV is like and he needs to play it up. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like at least he didn't quit. And that's an incredibly low bar, but the challenge has seen plenty of quitters, no quitters pod shout out. So good for him. Absolutely. So then we got to see sad little Tommy and, you know, it's, it's all good. So, uh, and one, then one, thing t- I one thing I don't like about this challenge or elimination, which was same with the fake hall brawl is why does production continuously choose to purposefully put these people 
on very slippery surfaces. Like the fake hall brawl was very slippery. This one was very slippery. Like if you're putting something on sand, make it so they can like (coughs) get their footing a little bit for two challenges or eliminations that definitely require that. You know, I kind of like that though. I like when there's a little element to it, you know, a little like, you know, when they bring in like the sprinklers or whatever, and they're just shooting that off for no reason. Like it, it kind of, it's kind of smirk for me. Um, but uh, yeah, like we said, uh, you know, Whittle Tommy goes home and uh, do we want to see him back? Is this a team we, we, we care about? Uh, I think no, I would move on from this team. Interesting. Care to elaborate? You just don't like them? I just, I mean, I thought the elimination kind of spoke for itself. I like people that are competitive, and if you can't do that, like, how how are you able to do a final? Yeah. I think, I honestly, I'm torn. I think analysis is pretty bad. Sounds don't bad. sleep on that. What's your analysis what? on her? What? What's your analysis on her? My analysis on analysis is that I would like to have more analysis on analysis. Can you analysis some more? I I think I'm with you on Tommy. The one thing that I do like about Tommy, and this was what Tej was saying, is like he does just really want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I like watching people who have that mindset. And I think analysis did too. Like, I think those two both really liked being on the show, and I can always get behind that. But it's kind of like the big T dilemma where, like, all right, you like the challenge, and, like, for a little bit, we'll like you for it. But if if you can't compete and be a competitor, then let's find somebody else. That was a great comparison uh, with Big T. Not to be confused with Tommy, but it's it's very similar to that. He's more Um, like Little T. God. Alex, so we were just talking about would we want to see this team uh, back again? I would want to see analysis back. If I ever want to see Tommy again, I'll just get a box of Lucky Charms and I'll see him right there. But I- I'm good. I'm good at that guy. What, what's your analysis of analysis? <laughs> more more, uh, more confessionals with the very revealing outfits. I feel like we got a lot of those tonight. Christ. Uh, all right, so that was tonight's episode. Teej gave us a little tease, but obviously, hopefully we don't have any more, anybody else coming into this game. I'm not sure, but we'll get into that. So uh, we'll see. So let's get into some segments tonight. First segment we got, this day in challenge history, what do you got for us? Hopefully it's not another EP title. So, yeah, this, this EP title is actually not revealing. So, uh, unfortunately, we can't smirk at it. What was it? Uh, I, I I don't remember. It, it didn't have a challenger's name in it. Although, did you see the episode title for tonight? No, blow me. I think it was called. I think it was called. Tonight's episode title was Olivin on the Edge. God. Like Olivia. God. At least it wasn't like Tommy. Can you pick me up, please? Adios, Tommy. No, but, That's but uh, the, so this day in challenge history, 16 years ago, dual one. Your question is, who did Nehemiah beat in elimination? He won an elimination. Yes. He beat a male challenger 16 years ago. Is Shorts Boogie gonna Boogie. just boogie on his way into the chat? Mm. Tyler. Not Tyler. Big Easy. What if I hmm, could give you a hint? Nehemiah beating this guy was his only elimination loss ever. Did Love by You just get it? He no. didn't beat Wes. It's not Wes. His only elimination loss Wes ever. Wes won that season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Was it 
Brad? I mean, I'm surprised, Trev, that you're not getting this, Trev, because you're a big fan I, of this. I guy. think it's Kenny. I think it's Kenny. Trev. Wait, wait, Alex, Alex, is it Kenny? Yes, Trev. Thank you. No, Thank no, you. no, no, no. Put it on the board. It, Trev. Thank you. Put it on the board. I know I'm the biggest Kenny fan. I'm, I'm, I'm full blame. I can't believe it took me that long to get that correctly. It's embarrassing. I'm uh, done. I'm Kenny done fan here. But uh, you know, Alex, that's on me. Uh, you know, Kenny was great that season. Um, so you know me. I love Kenny. I know. You were always talking about Kenny. God. That's somebody we, we need back on the challenge. Kenny, go, you know, he's very fresh. Um, you know, maybe bringing some new meat as well. So, all right, next ne next segment, what do we got? Next segment, we got Radar Watch. Uh, the fans know this, I think, by now. I will say that I feel like this might be our last Radar Watch of the season. And the reason I say that is because I don't think there's a lot of good options tonight. I think we're running low very fast. And, I mean, I, I feel like a couple episodes, ago, a couple episodes ago, there was eight, nine people to choose from. I don't know if there's that many. And I think after tonight, we're down to ten teams. And if you think about this format, four, four teams are thrown into elimination right away. Another one, team's winning. So I just feel like not as many people are flying under the radar. So we'll get some replacement segments in soon. But for now, let's maybe do Radar Watch. Maybe for the last time, we'll see if we bring it back next week. But Radar Watch, Trev, you go first. Ooh. My Radar Watch, I might go Casey's brother. Ooh. Does that dude get any screen time? Like, I think the only screen time he got was somebody talking about him. It was Casey talking about him being Casey's brother. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think he had any legit screen time tonight. So I'm, I'm choosing Casey's brother, which I still don't know his name. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. I'll get ahead on top of that because that was a good pick. Um, my, my radar watch is going to be Mariah, who's Ezzy's partner. I think both those two are, and Mikey the doctor said in the chat, like the staple radar watches, Casey's brother and Mariah. I think you could probably make a case for on any given episode. But I think Mariah is kind of popular. Like, I mean, it's like November 1st, you know, it's kind of, I feel like I'm hearing Mariah all the time now. What's it? Yeah, exactly, Andy. I, I thought she's kind of popular right now, but I don't know. That's just me. And or Alex, who you got for us? I mean, I was going Mariah, and like I said, I don't think there's a lot of options. Uh, so I guess for my radar watch, I'll go with I'll go with Jack with two K's. Jock. 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 I think we got some oh, airtime. I think we got some airtime from him tonight. He was, you know, talking to Laurel about their strategy and everything, but just nothing. Nothing like that actually mattered to the game, to the plot, to the strategy, to the voting, anything like that. So I feel like he's kind of been like that for the last couple episodes. But I'll go my radar watch tonight is Jack. You you know yeah. a sleeper honorable mention uh, radar watch, which could be a relationship one, and I saw it in the chat earlier, is Horacio and Laurel. Right? For radar watch? I thought that was kind of like, I mean, we're kind of like – we haven't seen it hit yet. They had, they've been full, tickling. Like, they had like yeah, I know, but it wasn't. It, they, haven't, they haven't been. A, they haven't hooked up yet, have they? No, that? but there's a whole big thing about them. That's what I'm saying. Like, for a relationship to happen is what I'm saying. It's not like a Jordan and Tori or like a, like it's it's blossoming into it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I thought you were going to go a different direction for Radar Watch as a seasoned vet. I think Nani didn't really do shit this episode. Ooh. Even even bananas. Even bananas. It's crazy. All right, let's go to our last segment of the night, our favorite segment. You guys know what to do in the chat. 
MVP LVP time. Can you guys please give us the order of tonight's uh, MVP LVP, uh, and we'll uh, go from there. Any other thoughts on tonight's episode, or just anything else? As I'm watching Javier have a no hitter through five and two thirds. That's a quick delete tweet. We didn't say shit. Yeah, we should have done some action tonight, I feel like. Did Central Michigan win? Did they pull pick up the dub? God. All right. Looks like the first one we got was Mikey the Doctor, and then we got Love by You second. So sorry, Love by You. Not tonight. Um, Mikey the Doctor quicker on those fingers tonight. So we'll go Alex, Andy, Trev for the MVP LVP tonight. So my MVP for episode four, very easy, very simple, straightforward. The streak is finally fucking broken. We're popping bottles in uh, the capital, according to to Nelson, in San Antonio, in capital of Texas. I'm going Nelly fucking T, scuba fucking Nelly. He's a winner. It's been seven, eight seasons, 54 challenges. The dude's a legend. He had no idea what to do with the power. He just saw his, you know, hot partner standing in front of him outside a building and just jumped and like that's how they won. So, I mean, the streak is fucking over. The prop hit. I'm going MVP Nelly. I had to. Have to. Great pick, Alex. Andy, who who you got? I actually got upset because when you started off by saying the streak, I thought you meant the streak of challenge winners or elimination winners coming in the house. So I thought Nelly T was going to fall to me, <clears throat> and I was very excited. Um, but along the same lines, my MVP tonight is going to be Olivia. I mean, she she was the mastermind behind all of this. And I think the best way to be a mastermind is to do it behind the scenes. It wasn't quite on the same level of the Wes and um, Leroy interrogation of why do I feel like you're the power couple and the, you know, I, I loaded the gun. I gave him the target. I showed him how to pull the trigger, but like, that's kind of how this was like Olivia, even though Nelly was in power, he had to vote in four teams. She knew that she was likely going to be one of them. So what she did is she saved her ass big time by concocting this entire plan start to finish after hearing me outline this plan last week, and it was pulled off absolutely perfectly. She was not in elimination. There was only a limited amount of risk to her. And now her and Horacio also have that backing, more or less, of the vets to say, hey, we'll still take these on the chin and keep moving along. So she, her and Horacio are a very good mix of competitors and also people over IQs of 50. Great pick. I mean, I feel like those two picks were the easiest ones tonight. Um, so fair play to you both. Um, my MVP tonight is probably maybe a surpriser. Uh, I just really didn't think anybody kind of stood out. Uh, but my MVP is Darrell. Happy to see him back. And that's the reason why. I'm happy to see Darrell back in the house. I think he has a big chip on his shoulder this season. I think he has a lot to prove. And honestly, if he doesn't do well in the season, does it hurt, tarnish his, uh, his uh, what's it called, his resume a little bit? I think some are asking that question. I think this is a big season for him. Uh, like I said, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Not the greatest, but he's up there. Uh, may, you can make the case for Mount Rushmore. Uh, but... I'm happy to see him back on my TV. I like him. He is a quiet guy. Doesn't really stir up the drama that much, but he is a great competitor and I'm excited to see him this season. Interesting pick. I like it. Yeah. So LVP tonight. Um, let me say, this isn't the person completely. It's more of the strength. So I'll say I'm going to go with Tommy's muscles as the LVP tonight. Uh, Tommy, the person, great person, love him. Uh, but one of the worst performances due to his strength, uh, that I've seen on the show. Uh, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into when you come on the show. So like, maybe you should, you know, 
do steroids or lift a little bit beforehand. So, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed by that. But like I said, great guy. Um, like I said, I wasn't too fond of him coming back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his muscles definitely let him down today. Very popcorn muscles, ask if they were even that big. Corey, popcorn muscles. Very good pick. And I like the specificity, specificity of it because – I don't think you could give it to just Tommy, but I bulge at the Tommy's muscles. All right. My pick for tonight um, is something that's almost impressively bad. And my LVP for tonight is going to be the STP better than night. Within the hour that we have been on this, the Phillies went from minus 140 money line they are currently at plus 4,000. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. While, like, the SCP better than night might not cash tonight, it still moves the needle. So it's impressive. It's fun to have that big of a swing since we've been on this show. It's so bad that it is good. Let me go this route with you. Plus four thousand. Are you going to sprinkle maybe just a little on that right now? I just did. <laughs> there it is. When I still survived the STP. So my question yeah. is for you, Andy. As we are recording this podcast right now, it is going into I believe the bottom of six. No, yep. top of seven. Excuse me, top, top of seven. seven. Down five zero in the game. If the Phillies come back and win this game, is that automatically going to be the, your MVP next week? A hundred percent. Put it in the books. Chalk her up, chalk her up. All right, Alex, last quit, night. Trev. I don't quit. God. Alex, let's hear it. LVP, round us out tonight. My LVP tonight is going to be Kim's grandma. I'm cool. going Kim's grandma. You heard him before he went into elimination. He said, you know, this is like going to my grandma's house on Sunday, which immediately was like, what the hell? Like, you think this is a going to see your grandma is a negative thing? Like, that must suck. Kim's grandma must be like a miserable old lady living in Russia, Germany, wherever the hell he's from. And he has to just go, you know, see her 52 times a year in his childhood. He hated it, obviously. And like the fact that he's going into, you know, the sand pit where he might be ending his season, ending his time on the challenge. And he's thinking about like, man, this is as bad as when I went to my grandma's house when I was a kid. So whoever his grandma is, I'm sorry. That might be the oldest uh, LVP that we've ever given out. But I'm going LVP Kim's grandma. She's got to be like one of those people that, you know, like one of those parents that are kind of like a need freak. Like, you know, like if, if you call them in the middle of the night, let's just say if you like smell smoke or something and they just like come over and they just start freaking out. And they're just like, oh, come, come, come home, come stay with me. I feel like that's kind of like them. Wouldn't you say so? Uh, maybe like smelling like a dog, like kind of on four feet or two feet in their hands. You know, uh, that's kind of the vibe I get. Yes, that's the same vibe I get. I also get the classic line from one of my favorite Boston-esque movies, Ted, when he gets kidnapped and says, you know what? You seem like a rocking chair house, not a PlayStation house. That's exactly how uh, Kim's grandma's house is. I guarantee it. Love that. Alex. At the SCP better than I. That was a good pick. I like that. I like Thanks. that. So anything else for tonight's episode? Are we good to wrap this up? And honorable mentions, Andy. Yes, I did have one honorable mention for MVP. I think you got to give Kim some love. I mean, no. the dude the dude won. <laughs> Mac. Um, the dude won this. Uh, he won this elimination almost by himself, and I do I I smirked at the Jake Marsh esque move of Kim as he's dominating to then give advice to Whittle Tommy and say like Yeah, you got to squat down and pull up with your legs. Like for him to just be dominating and to lean over and give that advice, I love it. So got to give Kim an honorable mention for MVP. Alex, anything specifically? I don't, I don't have any other honorable mentions, but to Andy's point, you know, this, 
their team, Kim and Colleen, has kind of been dancing around the elimination for a few episodes now. I feel, feel like they've been one of the four teams a couple times, and now they actually got sent down there. And so we actually got to see what they can do because we just haven't to this point. But, like, Kim is a very big, strong-looking-ass guy. You know, Colleen's got some stuff that she can show off too. So, like, they have a lot of strengths that we just haven't gotten to see so far. And Kim, you know, just pulling that rope like it was nothing. Just a very impressive performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Colleen must have won the mole. That's got to be my only guess based on some of her outfits today. So good for her and good for him. And good for Nelly – or good for – never mind. (laughs) We'll we'll get into that. Anything else? Are we good to wrap this up? Let's go, Phils. I think we're good. We're in a good spot. Love that. Well, four episodes down, probably 20, 16. I don't know how many left. So thank you guys for listening to another brand new Stir the Pod podcast show. I'm your host, Trevor. You can follow us on Twitter at Stir the Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Stir underscore the underscore pod. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Shout out, Duffy. Bye-bye.